Welcome to the podcast. Last week, Attorney General Maura Healey issued a report condemning the roughly 50 companies that sell electricity to residential customers in Massachusetts. She claimed the companies targeted low-income and elderly customers and had built their business on deceptive practices that had ended up costing customers $176 million over a two-year period. Standard practice in such situations is to call for regulations reforming the market or a consumer awareness campaign. But Healy went much further, announcing that she wanted to shut the companies down. Here's what she said. Today, I'm announcing my intention to work with the legislature, the Department of Public Utilities, and the administration, as well as with the energy industry, civil rights, and consumer advocates to end individual residential competitive electric supply in Massachusetts. We'll be working to change the law to protect our residents. It's time to stop the targeting, to end the abuse, and restore fairness. My name is Bruce Mole of Commonwealth Magazine. I'm joined by officials from two companies that would be ousted from Massachusetts if Healy gets her way. With me in the studio is Chris Callagher, the Senior Director for Government and Regulatory Affairs at Direct Energy. Welcome, Chris. Hi, Bruce. Thanks for having me. And by phone is Ed Brolin, a Director and Assistant General Manager of Just Energy. Welcome, Ed. Good morning, Bruce. Thanks for having me on. Let's start with you, Chris. Did you have any advance warning about what Healy was planning to do? We did get a call from the Attorney General's office the day before the press conference alerting us that the report was going to come out. There was going to be a press conference calling for the end of the residential market in Massachusetts. What we did not get is we did not get any opportunity to work with the Attorney General's office on the substance of the report and any concerns that she might have about the residential market. And we really would have appreciated the opportunity to do that because I think the report raises some interesting questions about what's going on in Massachusetts. And we would have very much liked to have participated to help the Attorney General understand what's going on, and where appropriate fashion remedies that really get at what the problems might be instead of just taking everyone's ability to choose their supplier away from them. And Ed, how about, how about your company? Did you get any notice? Uh, we did get uh, an advance notice of the day, um, and uh, I, I will echo Chris's comments. It, it's, it's always more productive to engage with the stakeholders rather than making decisions from outside without a full understanding of the industry. So uh, before we talk about the report and her, her complaints about the industry, just a couple little framework questions I'm going to try and provide. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, uh, just to give a little uh, reference point. So when people purchase electricity, they have a couple options. and Well, they have more than a couple options, but a couple basic options. One is to just pretty much do nothing and accept what's called basic service from your utility. And that's what the utility goes out and buys electricity on behalf of its basic service customers. Um, You usually get priced in six-month increments, so the the year is split into two sections. And you, it's a variable, as as Chris and I were talking before the broadcast, we were, it's a variable price varies month by month, but it's fixed for the entire term. Then you can also go into the competitive market. This is what the Attorney General was talking about. And you can sign up with a number of companies who are offering electricity themselves. And it, it appears on your bill just as a different supplier, but there's really, you see no difference in, it's the same type of electrons, it's, it's everything is the same. 
but you just have to see the see what you're buying and and make a decision about committing. So let's start with you, Chris. Healy made a number of accusations that the companies are targeting residential, I mean, targeting low income and elderly customers. But the primary one is that they promise savings, but relative to the basic service price, people are not getting those savings. What's, what's your take on what she said? Well, we have a couple of responses to that. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we were very concerned that the Attorney General's report just looked at a two-year period from the middle of, of 2015 to the middle of, of 2017. And because of the way the electricity market works, there are all sorts of factors that come into play uh, when you look at how both basic service is priced and then how our, our service is, is priced. So, you know, we've restructured now. In fact, we just passed the 20-year anniversary of the implementation of restructuring. And so to look at um, this relatively short-term comparison and try to reach conclusions about whether the market should continue, we think it's just it's not statistically sound. More importantly, though, we think the comparison between default service or basic service and competitive supply just makes a fundamental mistake of economics. Uh, you really only have two different kinds of markets um, that economists recognize. One is a monopoly market or a regulated market, and the other is a competitive market. Uh, and in the case of basic service, that is a regulated service. It is priced on a very different basis than how we price our service. And we operate in a competitive service where we're subject to um, the forces of the competitive market. And in particular in Massachusetts, with respect to basic service, a lot of the same kind of retail costs that, that we bear, billing costs, customer service costs, allocated costs for uh, facilities, for executives – are, are not included in the basic service cost, making that comparison just fundamentally unfair. And, um, and so to make decisions based on this comparison between the basic service and competitive service, it's just, it's just economically invalid. And the way I like to summarize it, Bruce, is if the utility had to operate basic service as a freestanding business, just taking in as revenue what they get through the rates they charge for basic service customers, they would go out of business probably in, in a couple of months. So there are structural issues there that might cause this differential in pricing. And again, we would love to get into the conversation about whether even having the utility uh, in the commodity business, selling service on those terms is good for Massachusetts customers or not. And we just didn't have the chance to do that with the Attorney General, but we would welcome the chance to do it going forward. Hey, Ed, um, how about you? What's your take on the Attorney General's comments and report? Yeah, I, I think that what, what Chris is saying there really is fundamentally uh, at the core of the issue of a lot of the critiques of our industry by individuals who, who, who lack the, the nuanced understanding of it. Um, there's, there's nothing or special about basic service prices, just the way that they have to procure. And that is prescribed by uh, either statute or regulation in all restructured states. Uh, what, what you're able to do when you shop for your electricity or your natural gas in states that are restructured for that as well is get a product that makes sense for you rather than a one size fits all. So I mean, saying that the, the basic service is the end all be all or the thing to which all should aspire is, is really fundamentally flawed as, as, as a position to take. It is inflexible. It is prescribed. If they have a, a default service procurement schedule, they have to procure at certain points in time. If the prices are very high at that point in time, then everybody who is a 
ratepayer for them in the Commonwealth is paying an artificially high price. What you have with restructured mar energy markets, where you have a competitive market, is the different suppliers have different ways of procuring energy, and you can get a product that's best tailored to your needs as opposed to the one-size-fits-all. So um, I, I take your point that it's a little bit apples and oranges, but let me put it from a consumer standpoint. So you basically want to get electricity at the cheapest price you can. Are you sort of acknowledging that you're going to get a better price because they don't have to account for a lot of the costs you face uh, by going with basic service? And if so, then as a consumer, uh, shouldn't I go with basic service? What's the advantage of going with, with a competitive supplier? Well, one of the things we think uh, that's going on is that um, actually – consumers are not being encouraged to, encouraged to shop enough. And this is one of the other things that kind of disappointed us about the Attorney General's report. Um, you know, there are lots of things that are happening in the market with respect to different products and different pricing. And again, you know, the, the report didn't really have the ability to dig into some of the specifics. But one thing we know for sure is that if you go to the Massachusetts DPU's shopping website and you look for current offers, uh, there are plenty of current offers out there that, um, that will beat the utility price. And as you noted, it, it, the utility price will change. But if customers shopped for electricity and were encouraged to shop for electricity, as they do for a lot of other things that they buy, if they went into the market, let's say you just want 12-month service. If you went to the market every 12 months and looked on the, on the website or, or did some research online uh, and took the lowest price available or one of the lowest prices uh, available, um, we are confident that even with the structural advantages that default service has, um, that customers would be able, if price is important to them, to do very well uh, against the utility, uh, the utility rate. And so we don't accept that, uh, that it, it is not a value for customers to, uh, to shop. We just think that, if anything, there needs to be more and more careful and more educated shopping than there is now for customers to succeed. So before the broadcast, I went on to uh, uh, the DP website called Energy Switch Massachusetts, and it's, it's fairly straightforward. At the top, they tell you the basic service price, which under what I pulled off is 12.88 cents per kilowatt hour. And then I looked up your two companies, and all your offerings now are less than that price. Correct. But they, they have various durations. Um, some are 18 months, some are 12 months, some are 36 months, some are 24 months. And some have cancellation fees, some do not. Um, so I, I've always thought, and Ed, maybe you can address this. So you'd see this, and I'd go, oh, I can save money by going with that offer. Oh, but, but then I think, well, wait a minute. It, the basic service prices are going to change during the summer months, and, and it'll likely go down. But I'm going to be at a fixed price for a while. Uh, so it's sort of like, hmm, am I going to save money in the long run by going with this? So I don't really know, and I'm, I'm cautious, so I often don't make the switch. Um, but it doesn't seem like that's uh, deceptive. Uh, what, do you th what do you think, Ed? Well, so Bruce, actually, I'd like to push back just a little bit about the uh, underlying supposition that has uh, dominated the discussion to this point. You know, retail energy choice is not about price. It's about choice. And different people value different things differently. You may very well be only concerned with paying the lowest price per kilowatt hour that you can possibly pay. And that's fine. And there are going to be competitive suppliers who create products that are designed to 
to, to uh, address that need. But you may actually be concerned about the environment and wish to have a 100% green product. That's not something that you get on basic service. And you may be willing to pay a premium for that. You may be interested in what Just Energy does, which is we have our uh, perks reward program where we give people points for staying with us for periods of time. And they can use those points uh, to redeem uh, either for gift cards if they wish or for energy savings products for their home to reduce their usage. And I know Chris's company has a loyalty program as well. So I, I just want to push back on that fundamental notion that it's only about price. But yes, different consumers can get different term lengths. Uh, it's really, I liken it to insurance. So you don't know what's going to happen with basic service. It may very well go down. It may go up. Maybe what you're concerned with is I want to actually know certain for a period of time what I'm going to pay. And that's what those products are designed to do. You may actually want to have a product that has the same dollars per month, which, which we do with our unlimited products. So there's a number of different types of products out there because there are a number of different desires on the part of the consumers. And it is in a competitive market that those things can be realized. So, Chris, I, um, I basically can look at this website and, and reach some conclusions about about how to, how I want to shop doesn't seem too deceptive there, but you did acknowledge that there are some issues that need to be addressed in the industry, but not the way Maura Healy is talking about doing it. What, what issues are, were you talking about? Were, Cause she raised a lot about the way sales are made door to door sales pitches, uh, pressure tactics, that sort of thing. What's your, what's, what's your concern? Sure. Well, I thought the most, uh, you know, the, the most compelling part of the report was actually, the part that seemed to indicate uh, not only that low-income customers are on competitive supply uh, at a higher percentage than non-low-income customers, which frankly does not really trouble me. Um, you know, that's in fact, you know, I remember um, back when the uh, the Restructuring Act was being implemented, the concern was that sellers, uh, suppliers might not sell to low-income customers. So I think it's a very positive thing uh, that low-income customers are shopping, and we strongly encourage them to do it, and we love to have them as customers. The, the possibility, which is indicated by the report, that, um, that once those low-income customers are signed up by some suppliers, that they actually get a higher price than non-low-income customers is clearly very troubling uh, and is the kind of thing that um, we would love to see uh, you know, investigated fully. And we think to do that, for example, I think it would be very helpful to get the Department of Public Utilities involved because, um, you know, what was in the report was very interesting uh, and, and compelling, but incomplete. And I'll give you a, a good example, uh, Bruce. The, the report did observe that, um, that low-income customers, on average, seem to pay more than non-low-income customers. But then when they went and looked down at the, at the zip code level, which I thought was a great thing to do. What they discovered was that the difference in rates charged uh, to low-income customers versus non-low-income didn't correlate with low-income zip codes. And, you know, I'm not a statistician by trade. I've had a little uh, statistics in the past. And when I read that, I, I just I puzzled over that because it seemed somewhat inconsistent with the broader finding. I thought, well, you know, this is the kind of thing where, you know, if we could get the Department of Public Utilities, which has plenary authority uh, over suppliers, 
to look into this kind of uh, this this kind of potential practice, they can you know they can drag every supplier uh, into uh, an investigation, figure out what's going on, and if there are really companies out there that are giving for similarly situated customers in terms of uh, uh, you know their usage and such, low income customers higher prices than non low income customers. You know I think the DPU even under its existing authority and the Attorney General. Uh, have the ability and should put a stop to that. So uh, just in that context, uh, Governor Baker was asked this week about the Attorney General's report and her recommendations, and he sort of said he hadn't made up his mind yet. He wanted to look at it a lot more. But at the same time, the legislature is going to, has appointed a committee to sort of look into this issue, and I I think they're going to hold hearings on it. Um, Can I just jump in on on that point with the legislature, Bruce? No. Um, Massachusetts has been blessed over the years with um, with really great state legislators, especially in the area uh, of energy. And you know, uh, we were talking a little bit um, before we started about the um, uh, the original Restructuring Act, which was passed in 1997, and Representative Dan Bosley and Senator Mike Morrissey, um, who were really the architects of that bill, are you know two of the finest state legislators that I've ever had the privilege of of working with, and they worked on restructuring for years in conjunction with, with the DPU. Um, and that excellence in legislative leadership has continued. Uh, you know, we have Chairman Barrett, Chairman, Gold, Chairman Golden uh, up there right now at the Energy and, and Telecom Committee. Um, and, and we would like to see the same kind of deliberative process. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the other thing that really troubled us about the Attorney General's report and, uh, and her call for ending the market is after spending years of careful study, gathering a lot of information from a lot of different sources, and passing the Restructuring Act, you know, to go from basically a report uh, one day uh, in, uh, in, in um, early April to shutting down the market uh, in late April uh, of the same year just, just seems really a, a bit of an overreaction. I think we should trust the legislature, trust the, uh, the Baker administration and the Department of Utilities to really dig into this and get the answer right. Ed, is, is one of the problems in terms of a competitive market here um, is that it's, it's sort of, in, this may be the wrong characterization, but it sort of seems plain vanilla to me. In other states, they've in, installed smart meters in a lot of homes. And so uh, that allows people to sort of understand what they're paying by the, by the minute, I guess, or by the hour for electricity. And so you can in fact, people have told me that they can make offers in other states like free nights and weekends for electricity. But I imagine you pay when you if you're buying it at high peak times. Is part of the problem here that it's just sort of plain vanilla? Yeah, I, I, AMI is a really great uh, point in terms of uh, it, it, it's really one of the things that I like to refer to as enabling technologies. The, the things that enable suppliers to be more dynamic with the product offerings that they're putting out to market. So uh, certainly when you have AMI, you can do uh, things like free nights and weekends or, or peak, uh, you know, and, and demand response and things like that. But we're not entirely unable to do it even in the absence of AMI with all of the new smart home technologies that have uh, been coming down the pike. It really would be a tragedy in my estimation were Massachusetts to undo their restructuring just at this point in time because we're seeing so much more dynamic product offerings and services that are able to be offered because now we have the Internet of Things and all of the smart home technologies. Um, and I'd, I'd like to actually get back to a point that Chris made earlier in the discussion around 
discussing getting the utilities out of the supply business. So it's, it's interesting in North American restructured states, we really only have one state that has a fully dynamic market. Uh, and this also harkens back to the point Chris made around people being encouraged to shop. And that market is Texas because there is no default service in Texas. So everybody is shopping for electricity just like they shop for their television services, whether that's you know, you know through their cable provider or dish or what have you. It's just another consumer good that people understand that they need to purchase. So what you see in Texas is a truly dynamic market where there are all, a vast array of products and services that are bundled up with electricity um, and different things that can really benefit homeowners or, or anybody uh, who, who is consuming electricity. And you, you, you really see the promise of a truly restructured state in Texas. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, is, it is relatively plain vanilla at this point in time in the Commonwealth, but I, I definitely anticipate um, even absent AMI, which we absolutely should be uh, encouraging uh, to, to be implemented in the Commonwealth, that there will be more dynamic offerings available to consumers. The other thing I wanted to ask is um, the day before, I think it was the day before Attorney General Healy made her announcement, she reached a settlement with one company called Viridian, um, a $5 million settlement. Um, and then I was looking, uh, she also mentioned um, at a, a settlement, I, can't, I think that was in 2014, the end of 2014, with your company. Um, and again, in each case, she seems to allege deceptive practices, that people were promised savings that never materialized. Is it as simple as that, or, or what, what ha- what's happening in these settlements? Yeah, I think that the, the, the settlement that Just Energy entered into with the Attorney General's office in Massachusetts is actually a really good example of how surgical uh, activity, as opposed to draconian, heavy-handed, and uh, you know, just doing away entirely with a competitive marketplace, can really effectively work. So we entered into assurance of discontinuance of, uh, of various practices um, uh, with the Attorney General, and since then have had zero issues. We have, for a number of years, had a monitor regularly looking at our activity in the Commonwealth, and we have had zero complaints along those lines. Uh, we actually, right now, uh, do not serve low-income customers unless it's on a product that does guarantee savings, albeit I have issues with uh, that construct, as I previously said. But I think that you know, if, if, if the AG's office is truly interested in dealing with any issues in the marketplace, it should be done through those types of procedures as opposed to just saying, well, let's entirely shut it down. Chris, have you ever heard? Of, I mean, you, you were telling me earlier that you used to work in state government here in Massachusetts. I can't recall a situation where... She's not a regulator in this sense, but, you know, a top government official saying her response to concerns about a way an industry operating is to just shut it down. Um, I, I thought that was incredibly unusual. Is, is, is your knowledge of the industries, you know, nationwide, is it, is it unusual? It, it is very unusual. We've certainly had in other states um, where various concerns have been raised uh, about the competitive market. Uh, And the usual thing that's done is either the utility commission opens an investigation and looks at the specific issues involved. That's going on right now uh, in New York. Or the legislature engages in, um, you know, a a very in-depth examination of the issue uh, and comes out if they think it's appropriate with new legislation 
after a certain period of time of actually looking closely uh, at the problem, and that's the kind of thing that happened in, in Connecticut, for example. So, you know, that is one of the things that, that I think is, is kind of remarkable about, uh, about what's, what's going on here. Um, and, you know, we would love the – I think the attorney general is great. You know, don't get me wrong. I think, you know, she's, she's terrific. Um, I'm not really sure what is, uh, what is driving the particular uh, extremity of this proposed remedy. Um, but I honestly believe that the resources at the attorney general's office, uh, at, uh, you know, the, the De- Department of Public Utilities, the De- Department of Energy Resources, and in the legislative committees, uh, if they're all brought to bear on this problem, I think we can really do what's right for Massachusetts consumers. Well, Chris, I want to thank you for joining me. And Ed, thank you for, for joining me as well. That's our edition of this week's podcast. And look for us next week. And always subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes. Thanks very much. Hey, hey.